Father, we thank you, Father, for this evening. Father, another day in your presence and the last meeting for this month. Father, we thank you, Father, for your faithfulness that you fed us all these months of this year. You never left us without a word. Great is your faithfulness toward our life. We just want to acknowledge this this, that, this evening, O oh Lord. And even as we spend this next hour meditating upon your word, I pray, Father, for your unction and your anointing over each one of us this evening, over me even as I speak, and over all of us that we will be able to hear your voice clearly. And Lord, that you would cause us new desires to be birthed inside of us, desire to love you, to obey you, and to... Do your will in our lives. Grant us grace to that and we pray. We thank you, we praise you, we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you did the homework? Okay. And you can put your hands up in the air for those of you who have done the homework. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let everybody else see. Was there a homework? Oh, there was a homework, no? It's interesting that we are so quick to say others, please do your homework. But when it comes to us, we excuse ourselves so very easily. Okay, so for those of you who haven't done your homework, there are still a few, few days left before the next class. So I'll help you to do your homework. Okay, uh, pastor has been preaching over a series on prayer and uh, he's talking about Asking, we do not have because we do not ask. And if anyone, who, if anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives every one of you us liberally without, without any partiality. But let him ask believing and he will receive everything from the Lord. Yeah. So this evening, we will just not break through this series on prayer, but we will reinforce and we will do our homework before the next class on prayer. Is that okay with you? Yeah. So let's uh, uh, title today's message as never to fall question mark exclamation. Never to fall. Is it possible never to fall in our walk with the Lord? Answer is yes. For us, so for so many of us, is a question mark. Oh my God, is it really possible to walk as Jesus walked, to be perfect as Jesus is perfect, to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect? Well, the Word of God has got power to, the, to work in those who believe, and to those who believe, all things are possible. So today, we'll just meditate upon that briefly. Uh, we'll go through that passage uh, in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble or you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a remarkable promise that all of us will be received into his eternal kingdom. Have a rich welcome. I wonder what that would be like. I do not have, um, I just, we have a glimpse of that in scripture when Stephen is dying and, and he, he asks the Lord to forgive him. He says, I see the heavens opened and I see the son of man not sitting on the throne, but standing up. That is 
a brief glimpse of what is awaiting us if we believe. So how do we not stumble is something which we want to look at today. First Peter chapter, second Peter chapter one and verse two, and we will largely concentrate upon this text uh, till verses ten of second Peter. Not all the verses, but we'll just read through uh, verse two onwards. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied. You know, um, it's a very strange God we have. Peter understands godly mathematics. He says, God will multiply. You just do what? Addition. God will do the multiplication. Grace and peace be multiply. You add to virtue, faith to uh, virtue to faith, excellence, etc. We'll look at that. Add these things and God will multiply grace so that you can indeed add them in your life. So grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Let's go on. Verses 3 and 4. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, grace and peace be multiplied, but give all diligence to do what? Addition, okay? Multiplication God will do. Addition we have to do. Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. And you need to understand, if you look at these two words over here, this is word faith, and this word is love. Faith expressing itself through love is all the other characters in the middle. You have seven or eight characteristics, seven characteristics, uh, faith expressing itself through love. And we will look at them briefly today to understand what it is never to fall. And how can we accomplish that? I want to make a few observations before we go into the text, into understanding what it is all about. Observations after having read this portion in scripture. One thing we need to observe, never be satisfied with our spiritual condition. Never, 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 never. Got it? Never. Never say that I have attained. No. Never be satisfied. Let there be a holy dissatisfaction when it comes to spiritual things in our life. And every message, the purpose of every message or every book, biblical book, godly book, by godly authors, is to create that hunger in us to open up different parts of our spiritual taste buds that we will be able to experience God at different levels. That we will truly hunger after Him. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, who always have a need of spiritual a truth in our life and spiritual realities in our life. It is blessed to be in that condition. And dangerous is a condition where we are in a state state of stagnation. Boy, never, never, never let it be. Let God quicken us. 
through his word. John the Baptist, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 11 verse 12, it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, meaning you can never relent in this walk with the Lord. It is a fight until death. Okay, if you move, the moment you, even to stand still, you need to fight. <laughs> even to, even to uh, consola- consolidate the position that you have already conquered, you still have to fight. You still have to be on the guard. You see, um, there are two bl- kinds of uh, blood vessels in our blood. No, We call it white blood cells and red blood cells. Red blood cells is essentially which which carries that content called the hemoglobin. And then is what we call as white blood cells. White blood cells are so important because they are constantly fighting diseases always. And the moment that blood count of the white blood cells reduces, boy, resistance is gone and you fall sick. You see? And that is something which you have to constantly understand. There is a warfare going on and we have to be always replenished with vitamins spiritually every day of our life. Yeah? So it's, it's, it's a warfare every day. So we need to understand that. Next verse, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 32. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of the fools will destroy them. Never be complacent of anything. I mean, don't think that I'm in a good church, I can rest. And if it's truly a good church, it will always cause you to hunger. Always. Always cause you to hunger. And that has been my testimony over all these months particularly. I always sense, Lord, there's still lacking. There's still lacking, something lacking inside of me. I'm still not attained to that. I'm still not content with you. Other things occupy um, time and space. Things which, uh, mind, time and space which has to be allotted to you. Other things occupy. Other things crowd. I don't want that to happen to me. I want to be content with you. As I was talking to pastor, he was saying most of us in church are not content. It's because we are not content with God. See, many of us, many believers, when it comes to spiritual things, they are content. But when it comes to worldly things, they are never content. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, I'm not talking just, just about money or even position. Uh, you ask anybody, you know, if you're studying... Um, if he finishes his undergraduation, I want to do PG. After he finishes PG, I want to do PhD. After he finishes PhD, I want to do postdoc. After he finishes postdoc, another postdoc. There is never, never end to the pursuit in life unless we are content with God. God has made us that way. God has made us that way. He has made us to pursue Him. That we will always have Holy dissatisfaction and spiritual dissatisfaction. So that we can continually pursue him. But if you replace God with something else, all our energies will be diverted in that direction. And we will never be content in life. Never. Let us not end up like that. No, Turning away the simple will slay them and the complacency of the fools will destroy them. I want to I just encourage all of you to, to think on these lines. Am I really having that? Am I satisfied with my spiritual condition? <laughs> no, 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 no. You see, I hope we say that about the world. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. 
Therefore, we must have to, we must pay much closer attention to the things that we have heard, lest we what? Drift away. What do you mean drift? Spiritual walk is a against the stream walk. And you just stand there and do nothing. You drift away. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. What should I do to gain eternal life? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. What should I do not to gain eternal life? Nothing. Simple. You automatically will glow, go there. That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 2 verse 6, he says, He will render to everyone according to his works. To those who by patience in well-doing, seek for glory, seek for honor, seek for immortality. You know what he gives? He will give them eternal life. But to the self-seeking and to those who do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. You know, in other words, if you do not obey the truth, by default you are obeying unrighteousness. You know what is there? He says, he will not give. There will be wrath. There will be fury. He will give eternal life to those who seek glory, seek honor, seek immortality. But there will be wrath and fury. He doesn't have to give. Automatically you will get wrath and fury in your life. By default. If you don't, if you don't carefully, you know, understand and say, Lord, let it not just get departed from my, from my mind. You know, last time when pastors was preaching on Wednesday, he was saying, you know, I'm looking at some of you and I, and I all can, already can see how the birds of the air have come and taken the sword, the seed, seed of the word of God. And I was looking at myself and said, Lord, is it me? Because it's quite possible that I could be a pastor preaching the word of God and yet not be attentive to the word of God. Is it quite possible today that the even as the the seed is being sown, something is coming and just drifting, taking it away from your mind? Is it possible? It's quite possible. You know how it is possible? Because many of you forgot your homework. And the fact of the matter is, it was the last thing that was preached on Sunday. Which should be the thing that you should remember the most fresh. The last thing that you heard. And the fact of the matter is, the last thing is the first to go out. Last in, first out. Lifo. Amazing. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's the sad reality about spiritual things. Meaning, if you don't guard the word in your mind, it'll just fly away. It'll have wings and it'll just fly away. Reinforce things that are in your mind. That is the reason why Peter will say in Second Peter, he says, you know what, even though you already know all these things, I want to make it sure. I want to bring to remembrance everything because I'm going to die very soon. I'm going to put away this tent. But even after I'm gone, you will not forget. That is my objective. And that should be the objective of every church. That we reinforce the things that we have already studied so that it will not fly away from our mind. Okay. So, His divine power has given to us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Therefore, the objective, the aim of our life is godliness. Life and godliness. My words are spirit and life. So the aim, the goal of our life is life and godliness. The source or rather the source of our strength to attain godliness is what? His divine power. His divine power will give us all things so that we can have life and godliness. But how do we appropriate that divine power? 
through the knowledge of him who has called us to his eternal glory and virtue. This word virtue is really powerful. Other translations will call it excellence. Virtue. Excellence. So, we get this divine power through the knowledge of him. When you understand his knowledge, what is given through the knowledge of him is given what? Precious and great promises. And through those promises, what do we do? We become partakers of the divine nature. And how do we become partakers of the divine nature? We escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Other translations, sinful desire. The aim is godliness. The source is his divine power. How do we appropriate this divine power is through the knowledge of him. His knowledge, what knowledge? Which, which talks about his glory, which talks about his virtue. And that knowledge will give us exceedingly great and precious promises through which we become partakers of his divine nature and we escape. Through those promises, we escape the gravity of the flesh inside of us, which is causing us to go back into our old ways. Which every believer has a gravity toward his sinful nature and sinful desire. And we want to escape that. We want to escape that. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. But how do we appropriate? It is for those who walk in the spirit and do not walk according to the flesh. You see, that's what Romans chapter 8 will say. Verses 1 to 3. Therefore, these promises have been given to us. So that we can become partakers of his divine nature and we escape the corruption that is in the world through sinful desire or lust. So, in order to do that, what do we do? For this very reason, we give all diligence to add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. You see that? Meaning, you work. You work to add to your faith, virtue. You work to add to your faith, knowledge. You work to add to your faith temperance, godliness, self-control. You you work. Christian life is work. You are not saved because of your works, but you are saved unto good works. And it is a real difficult walk. It's not easy. Okay. I, I always tell people, no, it is easy to do PhD, but it is not easy to be a Christian. For sure. It is easy to get admission into the top college in this world, but it is not easy to be a Christian. Christian life is the highest, highest, highest echelon. The wisest of people walk there, are there. Because we are being prepared for the royal civil services, not here, but in heaven. You can think about the civil service exam in India, UPSC. You know how many hours those people study for a civil service exam? And in spite of the fact that they will still not clear in the first attempt. Oh, they study and they study and they study because they have this desire to be serving in government. And there is a government which is coming, the government of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in order to be a part of that government, do you think we should not work? Absolutely not. We are not saved because of our works, but we have works which accord with grace that God has given to us. Because grace and peace have been multiplied to us. And therefore, because if those that grace and peace has been multiplied in our life, we will make every effort, you see, for this very reason, give all diligence to add to your faith, to virtue, virtue, 
knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. Let's start with faith. First, add to your faith. Should we add, we should add to our faith. So what does it tell me? We should add to our faith, meaning faith is already been given to us. You got that? Faith has already been given to us. To the one who does not work, this is Romans chapter 1 verse, uh, chapter 4 verse 5. To the one who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited to him as Righteousness, faith that has been given by God, which opens our eyes to the grace that is available. It's a gift from God. We cannot even generate faith in our own self. Do you see that? Do you understand that? Each of us has been given a measure of faith. A measure. Meaning, not all of them are at the same level. You need to understand this. Not all of us are at the same level of faith. God in his divine sovereignty has distributed his faith according to measure in each one of us. He chose to do it. We can't do it in ourselves. Each of us has been given a measure of faith by God. You got that first point? Romans chapter 12 verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. You see that? You know what it tells me? Faith, not everybody is the same level of faith. Some are at a higher level of faith. Some are at a lower level of faith. And one of the things that we need to understand, we need to have a very sober judgment of the level of faith we are in. Okay? In other words, if you are in class 5, don't act as if you are in class 10. Strive to go towards class 10 for sure. But don't act as if you are in Class 10, if you're in class 5. I mean, I, I, I see that, no? I, I know, I mean, I give this example, right? Uh, you're in class 8. Uh, let's say you have a course in mathematics, but you have a degree, BSc, undergrad mathematics textbook in your library. You just have it in your library. It's a long, fat book. When people come and say, kya baat hai? Class 8 student is able to understand undergrad maths. Great. That is only show. Okay, just because I am with undergrad students, class 8 student doesn't suddenly become undergrad student. Okay. Other thing is also true. If you are in class 10, don't act as if you are in class 5. Okay. Have a sober judgment about yourself. You know, I remember that story about the chicken and the, and the eagle, right? So, uh, this, uh, eagle egg fell on the ground and the chicken also laid its eggs. And it mistook the eagle egg to be the chicken egg and it hatched all the eggs. So chicks came out and also came the small little eagle. Okay. And every day the chickens are looking down and uh, the eagle is thinking it is also a chicken and it is looking down and doing going like this, like this, like this, like this, like this, like this. But it is not a chicken. It is an eagle. Eagles are supposed to fly. Chickens can't. 
So one day he just looks up and he sees an eagle flying, soaring high in the sky and he says, boy, I want to be like this. And the ma says, the mother chicken, hey, you're a chick, you're a chick. Put put your head down. Don't, don't try to act as if you're an eagle. No, 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 you're an eagle. A lot of people are like that. They are eagles, but they act like chickens. Have a sober judgment about your true spiritual condition. And God has given us different levels of faith. You know what? Humility is to accept the level that we are in. You know, when we come, when you come to our school, and if you want to seek admission into our Grace Tabernacle Learning Center, we perform what we call as a diagnostic test. The diagnostic test will tell tell the student at which level he is. Okay, so if he is in not able to perform consistently at grade 6, he'll say, grade 5, you're at grade 5, please. Sometimes the parents get really upset and angry. How come my student is at grade 5? My child is, no, 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 he's very intelligent. No, no, but the diagnostic test says the same, says this thing, right? People have very high exalted opinion about themselves. What f- you should understand, the level of faith you are in it is very good and to accept that level of faith. The meaning, in other words, if you are Pastor Vijay, don't try to act like you are Pastor James. Don't. You'll fail miserably. <laughs> okay? Don't try to act. It's a very humbling thing, but it is a good thing. It's, that is where it starts. Add to your faith. Whichever level you are in. But that does not mean that you should stay at that level of faith. That it does not mean that at all. How do I know it? Let's look at scripture. Accept the spiritual condition that you are in. You know? Accept it. If you are the meekest man in the world, who was the meekest man in the world? Moses. Who wrote that he was the meekest man in the world? Kya baat hai? Can you imagine? <laughs> Moses, you are the meekest man in the world. Yes, thank you, Lord. Write it, Moses. Oh my goodness, Lord. I mean, what do you mean? How can I write it? You're so meek, Moses, that you need to write it. And Moses, if he was really meek, he would write it. He would not try to act smart. No, 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 Lord. No, 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 Lord. I'm not meek, Lord. It's okay, Lord. No, no, he's not going to try to act like that. He's going to write, I'm the meekest man. But there is one meeker than me. Who's that? Jesus, he's coming, no problem. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. That's what exactly John the Baptist said. Many people are running towards Jesus and not many people are in his ministry anymore. You know what he said? A man should receive nothing except what he receives from heaven. He should increase, I should decrease. You got that? Accept therefore the spiritual condition you are in. And that is a liberating truth in Christendom. You know, when you are in that level of humility, when you see another brother progressing in spirit, in, in his faith, you will not be jealous. You will actually be rejoicing and say, boy, Lord, what is this? This is awesome. This boy who came just yesterday and he's able to walk far ahead of me. Praise the Lord for that. You'll be able to rejoice. It'll save you from envy. It'll save you from jealousy. Accept the spiritual condition that you are in. Romans chapter 12 verse 6. If prophecy, let us prophesy in the proportion of the faith that we have. Don't try to act as if you are Jeremiah when you are not. Okay? (laughs) Okay. Don't say, thus says the Lord. No. Many people say, I dreamed. God told me. Very easily they will say, God told me. God told you. Are you serious? Yeah, God keeps telling them every day, by the way. I'm not, not about themselves, most of the time some, about somebody else. <laughs> Prophesy according to the measure of that faith that you have. Okay, next verse. Mark 9 verse 34. Lord, I believe, but 
help my unbelief. Me Lord, yes Lord, this is the condition that I am in. But I want to move ahead with you. Help me Lord. Help me. Another another place. Luke's gospel chapter 17 verse 4. And if your brother sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times says, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> you see, increase our faith. The moment they start talking about forgiveness, forgiving a brother seven times in a day. Lord, we can't do this, Lord. We don't have faith. Increase our faith. So in other words, don't be satisfied with the level of faith that you are in. In other words, in other words don't, don't, don't look at other brothers and get envious, but be encouraged, be exhorted, be motivated. See, God always does this, no? Even in, in my home, I will say, look at Abigail. Look at how she, how well she behaves. Emmanuel behaved like Abigail. And one day, Emmanuel was not, Emmanuel was behaving very well, and Abigail was behaving not so well, so I told Abigail, you know what, Abigail, you're not, you're not really behaving like Abigail. I'm gonna change your name. I'm gonna put your name as Emmanuel, and I'm gonna call Emmanuel Abigail. That moment, she started crying. And Emmanuel was, oh, no, 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 I'll be Abigail from today. You see? We, we do it. Even God does it. Even Jesus does it. You know what Paul says? He tells the Corinthian church, you know the Macedonian believers? Those believers are more poor than you, but they have given more than you have given. He does that all the time. He compares. He tells the centurion, great is your faith. He tells his disciples, oh, you of little faith. He tells that all the time. That does not mean that he is belittling you. He is challenging you to increase. And ask God to increase my faith, O Lord. Okay, so how do we do that? You want your faith to increase? You want to accomplish something in your life? Therefore, we have to work. You see? So what do we do? The first equation, faith plus, add to your faith, virtue. Virtue meaning? Excellence. Let me tell you. If you want to be promoted to class 6, be thorough with class 5. Be excellent in class 5. You understand? Be excellent class 5, 4, 3, 2 and 1. And then come to class 6. Don't look at things that you don't have. Look at the things that you already have and work on them and be excellent in them. David only knew two things. Playing the guitar and slinging. And then they put the armor of Saul on it. And he said, Papa, I'm not ready for this. Okay. I'm only excellent at two things. I'm excellent at playing the guitar and doing this. That is enough for me to take Goliath down. That is enough. If you put this armor, I cannot do it. But does it mean that he, that he had only slingshot and uh, guitar all his life? No. No. He grew from faith to faith. That is the reason why it says, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness which is from faith to faith. There is an increasing level of faith in your life. Every day, every moment, you keep on adding to that faith, excellence, virtue. How do we do that? Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. I like this word, lovely. You know what that word lovely is? Whatsoever things are kissable. Kissable, to kiss. (laughs) 
when you when do you kiss something you take it into your arms a child and then you you look so so precious in your sight and you kiss that is what he's saying whatsoever things are lovely take it and kiss it precious words are kissable i remember one preacher i think it's art cards if i'm right in one of his sermons you know what he says i read spurgeon today in the morning boy what revelation that's what he says <laughs> i said boy that's an incredible way to do it you know what he's doing he is loving it he's kissing the things which are lovely lovely things from the word of god whatsoever things are of good report meaning what other believers are doing get encouraged if there be any virtue see it's like a shoe no true honest just pure lovely good report will add to virtue will just pump that virtue inside of you keep on meditating upon those things which are true keep on meditating upon those things which are honest on just what is right and what is wrong on pure purity on lovely what is lovely what is of good good report and keep on meditating upon it and we know what happened automatically you will become excellent in the level of faith that you are already in you see that is consistency by the way you want like for example if you want to do something for example let's say uh, you are asking god to make you a giver okay so god will say okay i want to make you a giver but we'll start with tithing okay every month tithe so you tithe on january march 9% you give uh february uh, i'm sorry uh, march april you give let's say 3% because you're not consistent and again suddenly you'll forget and it's okay fine I'll let me compensate no let me give 13% and then you're not consistent with your giving god says you know what you're not excellent in whatever i've asked you to do why should i give you anything more see he who's faithful in little things will also be faithful in much to whom little has been given and if he's faithful to that fellow more will be added faithful pure sorry true just honest pure lovely and of good report add excellence to your faith how do you do it joshua chapter 1 verse 8 the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth from where from your mouth mouth keep speaking scripture in your life but you shall meditate in it day and night that you shall that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it and then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success meaning lord your word is topmost priority in my life i will use your word to always pray if i'm not able to pray i will pray your word use that in your life malachi chapter 3 verse 16 Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. You know how they spoke to one another? The Lord paid attention and heard them and book of remembrance was written before them to those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. Meaning whenever you come together brothers and sisters, brothers and brothers and sisters and sisters, don't get into talk which is trivial, which is equal to trash. Speak on the word. Let let your conversation surround on the word of God. what god has been doing in your life whatever is noble whatever is of good report you see 
Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19. Speaking to one another. How? Look at the order. First, what is the first thing which is mentioned? Psalms. How many of you memorize Psalms? Do you speak to one another in Psalms? Or do you say, okay, I want to speak to you in Psalms, let me open the book. No. And the next is what? Hymns. I thank God for the hymns that have been sung today. And next is what? Spiritual songs. Songs of the spirit, not just songs. Many songs are there, they are not songs of the spirit. And I was telling, you know, Sam the other day, I said, you know, the old hymns, they had content and the music accompanied the content. Now we have music and the content accompanies the music. You see that? You, even in the, even our modern Telugu songs are so shallow. I mean, I hear the songs when I go to different places with Pastor James to minister. He doesn't understand the language as much as I do. I had the heritage of singing Andhra Christ of can you, I mean, you, have you heard, I mean, if you've read some old hymns and sung old hymns, you don't even have to sing them, you just can read them, and that reading of the hymn itself will be a message. Amazing. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's one of the, that's one of the burdens that God has given me to teach my children hymns. Hymns. Not just songs of the spirit. Because not many modern songs are really songs of the spirit, they're just songs. Very little of the spirit. Not all, but most. And even hymns also. Not all hymns are songs of the hymn, songs of the spirit, but many of them, many, many of them. Okay. That is how we add virtue to ourselves. Okay. Speaking to one another, making it a conversation. Don't, don't waste time when you come together. Don't be jibbery, 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 jibbery. No, 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 no. If you're not able to speak around the word, just, just leave that place and go away. Leave it. Fly away. Okay. Why? Because this is important. No, God is writing a book of remembrance. Book of remembrance. Not of the unbelievers, but of the believers who spoke to one another. And that day, that will, it will be opened. One of the books that will be opened is a book of remembrance. Of all that you spoke to one another. How much of it is edifying? How much of it is excellent? How much of, of it has virtue? Let's move on to the next. Faith plus virtue. And the next we have what? Knowledge. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected God, knowledge, I will also reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. He doesn't say, I'll forget you. But I'll forget your children. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. We'll try to understand what is this knowledge. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. This is the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God, of glory, the knowledge of God and his virtue. His excellence. It's a knowledge of him. What do I mean by that? 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. Now concerning things offered to idols, we we know that we all have what? Knowledge. Knowledge, what does it do? Puffs up. But love edifies. 
And if any one of you thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing. Yet, as he has, as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, look at this. He is known by him. This knowledge is a knowledge that you have with a relationship with God. Adam knew Eve and she conceived. It's a relationship. It's like, you know, do you know Donald Trump? Yes, sir, I know Donald Trump. Donald Trump tells her. I like if you, if you are, if you are caught on uh, the streets, Naku, Commissioner Telsu. Your Kelsu? Commissioner Telsu, but Commissioner Ken Nintelidu. That's exactly what it means. We know him, but does he know us? That's a point. All of us have knowledge about God. It is the knowledge of God. It is knowledge. You have a relationship with God and you communicate with each other. He speaks something about himself to you and you say something about yourself to him and you have this sweet fellowship. Sweet fellowship. Meditating upon his word and suddenly he will reveal something to you. And you say, Lord, thank you. Awesome. You made my day. Because he reveals his secrets to those whom he knows, you see. You know what? Every time you want to know God, every knowledge that you have about God or of God comes out of a relationship. Everything else is superficial. I gave this example a long time back when I was in church. You know, when I was, Justin and I were quoting each other, no? Um, We used to go to a restaurant and I am on my best behavior during courtship days, right? So what do we do? You go to the restaurant and I just draw the chair like that and ask her to sit there and I go and occupy the other side of the, se- or, or, or the, of, the ch- of the of the table and you know I'm having my fork and my knife and I'm eating, I'm not making any sound, you know. You know, table manners very, 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 very chivalrous and cordial, giving attention to her, etc. 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 After we get married. And I'm in a South Indian and I love sambar. And I'm eating my sambar and I'm making all kinds of sounds. I'm licking it here, there, everywhere. And then she looks at me. I didn't know this about you. You know why? The knowledge came the moment we came into a covenantal relationship with each other. True things. Everything begins to get revealed now. The good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) Everything. You know why? Because we are in a relationship and now we have to love each other. That is the reason why John Piper, when he wrote this book, I love that book, the title of the book on marriage. He said, this momentary marriage, the parable of permanence. That's the subtitle. This momentary marriage, the parable of, sub- of, of permanence. That's the subtitle. You know, the first chapter he says, marriage is not about staying in love. It is about keeping covenant. Marriage is not about staying in love. It is about keeping covenant. You made a covenant before God and before his people. So better stick to it even if you don't feel like 
know why? Because now you're having a relationship based upon a covenant. You know why? Because God knows that you are faithless in spite of the fact that he is, you are faithless, he still remains what? Faithful. So question therefore, do you know God as faithful? Do we sing that song? Faithful you are to me? Lord, I know you are faithful. Are you sure that he is faithful to you? Do you understand that God is faithful? Do you know that he loves his own? That's the reason why 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 will say, The Lord knows who are his, but everyone who calls himself a Christian, what should he do? He should depart from iniquity. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. And I want to be known by God. Oh boy, I don't want to be known by any big shot in this country. I want to be known by God. I want to be known. And you know what he says? I, the lofty one who dwells in eternity, that is where I dwell, but I also dwell among a person who has of a humble and a contrite heart. I look from left to right to see for one man who honors me and who trembles at my word. Will you be that man today? Faith. Plus worship, plus knowledge. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. That I may know him. <laughs> this man is like gung-ho about God. I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. That's how he wants to know him. This is Paul. In other words, I count everything as rubbish to know him. He's absolutely precious to me. Is God precious to you? Is he precious? Do you pursue God like that? Do you ha- are you satisfied with your relationship with God? Are you still having that holy dissatisfaction inside of you and say, Lord, I, I'm not content, Lord. I want to know you. I want to know you even if it causes me to suffer. Loss in this world. Even if it has to cause me to give up relationships which you don't approve of. Things that you don't approve of. I'm willing to shed it and I want to count it as rubbish so that I can know you. That is how we fight this fight of faith. I want to know God that way. Do you want to know him that way? So you add knowledge, but then you add self-control or temperance. What is temperance? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 12. I have the right to do anything. I like this translation. This is ESV, okay? I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial to me. I have a right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. I want to ask you a question today. How many of you are able to overcome the sin that had mastery over you a few months back or a few years back? How many of you say, Lord, I want to give up everything which causes me to sin. I want to exercise self-control. The fruit of the spirit is love and finally is what? It's what? Self-control. It's between love and self-control. It's the fruit of the spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and self-control. Self-control. 
Why should I do this? I want to be self-controlled because I don't want to be mastered by anything because I'm running a race. Like pastor was talking about this in two of his uh, pastor's conferences yesterday and day before. He was selling all the pastors. You know what? You are in a race. So give up everything that causes you to slow down in your life. Don't be mastered by food. Have you seen an athlete? And he says, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 will say, give up every weight and sin which so easily entangles us. And he says, and he said, many believers don't have sins, but they have weights. But have you seen an athlete? How lightly they run? No athlete runs with weights on his body. Even his clothes are so thin. And if you are, you know, if you are in a hundred meters dash, most of them have short hair. Because they don't even want anything inside or outside of their body which will hamper their victory. Because that is so precious to them. And and he says, if those people are running for a perishable crown, how much more you and I have to be temperate in all things. Because we can be preaching to others, but I myself may be disqualified because if I'm not temperate in all things. I don't want to be controlled by food. I don't want to be controlled by emotions. I don't want to be controlled by movies. I don't want to be controlled by anything. I can watch movies. I can watch television. I can watch news. I can watch so many things. But I don't want to do those things lest I become controlled by them. Because I'm running a race. That is the reason why I want to exercise self-control. Because I want to, I'm going toward this higher calling. I want to finish that race that is before me. I want to finish it. Saints, how many of us want to finish it? Do you know? Or do you have that goal in your life? Are you still focused? Oh, still look at me. Oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. Running nowhere. And hear so many brothers and sisters saying that. Oh, poor me, poor me. Boy. Why are you not running? God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. And why are you not appropriating that in your life? First Corinthians chapter 6, because I'm running a race. Another, another place, the same thing Paul is going to mention. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 23. I have a right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial to me also to others. Look at this. I have a right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Meaning, if your watching of movies will cause another man to stumble, don't watch. Think about it, no? Pastor Vijay is at IMAX. And he's standing in the line for a ticket for Katam Raidu. Think about it, no? Why are you going to Katam Raidu? Hey, Baba, I don't have AC at home. I just wanted to sit in that AC, okay? And suddenly, let's say... Uh, Albert maybe, I don't know, he's walking by that road and he's looking at uh, Pastor Vijay in the line toward Katam Raidu. What will happen? If Pastor can do it, I can also do it. Pastor is going to go and sleep, but you're going to watch, including the item number. So many things that we can do, but we don't do because we want to be examples to others. I mean, I can't tell my children not to watch television or movies if I myself am entangled to movies. I can't tell you why haven't you done, not done your homework if I myself have not done my homework. 
Think about it. No, God, pastor says, do your homework. This is homework for you. And the associate pastor, pastor has not done his homework. I'm not even assistant now because they're giving me a title called associate pastor. Even more, the bar is raised. Assistant to associate. And he has not done his homework. If he has not done, what should I do? I'd still do it. If even if I have read that passage 2500 times, I will still read it, read it for the 2500 one time so that I will not be a stumbling block to another brother. I will only encourage and not discourage. That is the reason why you know what Jesus said? Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is what? Truth. And you know what he says? For their sake, I sanctify myself so that through me, they may be sanctified. And that is the work of every shepherd. That he himself is sanctifying himself and through him, other hearers of him are also being sanctified. That is the reason why Paul tells Timothy, be careful about your life and about your doctrine because through them, you will not only save yourself, you will save those who hear you. Because be self-controlled, be temperate, because other lives are at stake, not just your own. So one thing, after have come, having come into full-time ministry, I have understood and have learned a pastor cannot afford a paunch. No, he cannot. A pastor has to be physically fit, emotionally fit, spiritually fit. In that order, let me put the order. Spiritual fit, spiritually fit, emotionally fit, physically fit. Otherwise, after having preached to others, he himself will be disqualified because he is not temperate. Self-control. We ask because we don't ask because, I mean, we don't have because we don't ask. Ask for self-control today. Then, self-control add what? Patience. Oh! <laughs> Actually, other translations will say perseverance. Doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, in spite of the fact that you will never see any, any, any result in your life. There is a difference between being an evangelist and being a shepherd. Pastor. I'll tell you what the difference is. The pastor preaches to the same congregation over and over and over again. <laughs> there are increments here and there on one Sunday, some Sundays, many people don't even come. Sometimes he has to preach only to two or three or four. See, many people didn't come today even in spite of the fact that there was a holiday today. They didn't come. But other people, if you're an evangelist, oh, every time new crowd. <laughs> And you say, Lord, why should I preach to the same crowd over and over again? Give me a new crowd. No. Can you do that over and over and over again? And you don't see any tangible fruit? Will you give up? No, Lord. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to perceive in my own life and I'm not going to give up on my brother until she or he finishes his course. Patience. Perseverance. What it tells me is this. One lesson I have learned. Christian life is a marathon. It is not 100 meters dash. So have you seen people who run for marathon races? Especially Kenyans and Ethiopians. You know how they are? They are like one stick. This one stick. Absolutely light and fit. They can run and run and run. In fact, the last lap is faster than the first lap. Have you seen that? 
I mean, I'm like, how this guy conserves his energy and he just shift gears when he when he's coming to the last lap. And by the time you see the winner, most of the time, if you see marathons, unlike 100 meters dash, which is like uh, of the order of micro nanoseconds, last marathons, the guy in the first and the guy who's second are separated by minutes, sometimes even hours. Christian life is a marathon. It is not. And sometimes I get impatient with people who are impatient. I mean, that's a, it's an irony of being a pastor. No, I'm like, oh, you, you are expecting things to change in your life. You, you took 30 years to mess up your life. And God has to change you in six months. Can God not do it? Yes, he can do it. But he doesn't want to do it. You know why? I'll tell you why. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Why should you persevere? What is the perseverance mark of Christian life is about what? Character. Character. God is after character. He's after character. I keep telling the uh, Jesus kids. He said, God is after character. He's just not after your talent. He's not just after looking of looking at your short-term success. He's looking at your long-term glory. What do you want? You want success or you want glory? Christian life is about character. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 to 3. Oh, sorry, verses 3 to 5. Not 5 to 3. 3 to 5, sorry. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces what? Character. And character produces hope that will not disappoint. Character produces hope that will not disappoint. Because of the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Character. Many people don't have hope is because they don't have a character. They don't have a character because they have not learned to perceive her. They don't, they want everything quick in their lives. Change quick. Everything quick. Godly things quick. Spiritual things quick. Success in the ministry quick. God is after character. So that when you succeed even in your ministry, that success will not destroy you because that character will hold you and will keep you humble. He's not, it doesn't, it does not mean that he does not delight in your success. He wants to give you success. But many of us, many, most of the times and many of the times, we are not ready to handle success. How many of us can really handle fame and pressure and success? Look at Virat Kohli. He started, Australians are my best friends. He ended, they are not any, no longer my friends. And all the ex-cricketers are coming and saying, Virat, come on, take it easy bro. It's just a game. No longer my friend. Because he said so many things to me on the field. He made a mockery of me. You have character? No character. All you can do is... That's all you can do. And the whole country is after him. Have you seen Sachin Tendulkar? And some, one, I think it was uh, some Lloyd, cricketer by name Lloyd. He said, you know what? Sit with Sachin Tendulkar and take some mentorship from him. Get some character in your, in your, in your brains, man. You don't give up and lose your temper like this and uh, tell the media that they are no longer my friends. I mean, it looks like like a pity guy, you know, cut tiff now, cut tiff. 
I think about it, no? That's how, that's how I look at it, no? Katif. Dost Katif, Dost Katif. I mean, in, in Andhra it's a jet piece. They don't have character to hold success. It gets into their head. You see? Character. Self-control. Add to self-control. Patience. <laughs> then you add what? What is godliness in this context? Add to patience. Godliness. What does it mean? Christian life is conscious of eternal things and not temporal things. You're conscious of eternal things, not temporal things. That's what I said. I'm not looking at success, I'm looking at glory. These things have been done for the glory of God. That's what Pastor was telling yesterday at the pastor's conference. Martha, you know, many people said, Martha, Lord, if you would have come a little early, my, my brother would have been alive. He would have been healed. And many people run after healing what God is planning is a resurrection. Which makes God look more glorious. Resurrection or healing? Think about it. Resurrection. You're conscious of what, about eternal things. That's the reason why it says in first, first Corinthians chapter 15, if in this life only you have hope in Christ Jesus, of all the people you are the most miserable. And let me tell you something, many Christians are most miserable because they have hope in this life only and they write books called Your Best Life Now and that will become the bestseller. Christian life is conscious of eternal things and not temporal things. What does it tell me? First Timothy chapter 4 verse 8, for physical training is of some value. Some value, okay. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 to 12. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. You see that? Don't be content with, we are not content with worldly things. We are dissatisfied with worldly things but when it comes to spiritual things oh yeah absolutely content I'm saved I'm going to heaven I want all this and also heaven like pastor was saying right some people come at 9 o'clock some people come at 9.30 some people come at 10.30 some people come at the benediction to church and all of us are expecting a crown in heaven hmm it's not going to happen. Those who want to get rich in this world fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. But you, man of God, flee from this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Why should I not do it? Why, why, why? Second Peter chapter 3 verse 11 onwards. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, everything, everything will be dissolved. This will be dissolved. This will be dissolved. 
everything will just dissolve. It will just dissolve. It will disintegrate. The heavens will be rolled up like a scroll. I don't understand that. I mean, take the fabric of space and time. He's going to... Gone. He's going to fold everything out. It's gone. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and what? Godliness. Looking for and hastening of the coming of the door, of the, of the day of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will, will melt with a fervent heat. He's talking about nuclear explosion. Everything will just fall apart. Nevertheless, we according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness so if that is the case, what should our response be? What is a res- what How do I know that I am living a godly life? Go for broke for Jesus. Go for broke for God. No? That's what all the famous tennis players do. After the match is over, five hour, six hour marathon and the interview. Why did you lose your match? Both of them are equally, you know, they are every, one shot is the deciding, is a decider. You know what the guy who loses will say? That guy was going for his shots. He's going for broke. He wants the trophy. He's going for broke. He's going all out. Go for broke for Jesus, saints. Uh, somebody came the other day to a pastor's conference and said, run for Jesus. Let's all run for LB Stadium for Jesus. I don't know how much that will be. I don't want to judge that act. But I find it ironical that you can run for Jesus, but you can't go broke for Jesus. Which is difficult. Running from Sanjeevaya Park to LB Stadium. One day of the year and the rest of the year you are living for yourself. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp bearing the disgrace as he bore. For here we have not an enduring city but we are looking for the city that is to come. I'm going for broke for God. Finally, last two. Godliness add what? Brotherly kindness. Value the church saints. Value the fellowship. I like Psalm 16 verse 13. As for the saints who are on the earth. Look at this. I like the language over, over here. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Not my worldly friends. Not my colleagues at work. But the saints who are in your church, even though they are sometimes nasty to you, they are the excellent ones. In them is my delight. Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 to 13. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Above all these things, put on love, 
which is the bond of perfection. It's just not sufficient to sing that song, put on love. I mean, sometimes people sing that song, put on love, it sounds seems like a country western music song. But they don't understand the seriousness of it. Love, above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling as each one of you has received a gift. Minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know why? Grace and peace has been what? Multiplied to you. So abound in love. Don't grumble. Keep on. I mean, keep inviting brothers to your home. Love them. Take care of them. Be hospitable. Don't grumble and complain when they come home. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 8 to 10. This is, if you don't do this. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things, it's short-sighted. I told you, right? You are only looking at this life. You are not looking at the life to come. Even to blindness and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his former sins. You are forgotten. Why? God has saved you. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do those things, do these things, you will never stumble. If you don't, let us look at this verse. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 20 to 22. For if after they have escaped the defilements of this world, how, how have you been partakers of the divine nature? Having they escaped, having escaped the corruption in the world through what? Through lust, right? You have escaped that. But look at what he says. After you have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled to it. And are overcome by it. And the last state has become worse than the first. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Than after after knowing it, to return back from the holy commandments delivered to them. Meaning, if I am not progressing toward God, I am progressing away from God by default. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to his vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returns to the wallow in the mire. Have you seen the church office these days? If you come to church office now nowadays, you will observe a very interesting scene. You will observe nice drainage water right in front of the church office. And you will find strange looking creatures called pigs wallowing in the drainage water. Oh, they are so comfortable. And the piglets are sucking from the mother in that wallow. You go back. You go back. Do these things. You will never fall. So I've done part of the homework. <laughs> Come back on Sunday with your own analysis and you will receive from God better. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you for speaking to us this evening. We don't want to fall, Father. 
But Lord, even if we fall, we want to rise up. I remember one of my mentors telling me when I was growing in the, in my, in my walk in the Lord, he told me, Vijay, even if you fall a million times, come back to God, the million and the one first time. Come back. This world is not worth it. But God is worth it. He's worth our every attempt toward Him. If you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. You double-minded this evening. Can we ask God to cleanse our hands and to give us this, 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 this holy dissatisfaction towards spiritual things that we will continue to focus toward spiritual realities and spiritual truths and spiritual, leaving a spiritual heritage and a, and a, and a, and a, and a heritage for our children that they can cherish and they can follow our God even as we follow them. Father, give us grace to that and we pray. Help each one of us through the rest of the week. In Jesus' name, Amen.